It is good to be here with all of you, and especially it's good to be here with Gary. He, uh, he left the country college station and moved to the city. And, uh, but I'm, I, I told him earlier that I was so happy that he is over here at Preston Crest. I know that you all appreciate him. He's been here for some years, and, and uh, he didn't tell you the other part of the story, or the stories that, that, that when I would go down to the teen summit, he'd always give me a juicy title uh, to work with, and I, I would take that title, and, and then I would use it elsewhere, and, and uh, 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 I remember one in particular about how that uh, David went down to Ziklag and asked David, you know, whether have you made a road, you have gone here, you've gone there, and Gary said the title of your sermon is Every Road Leads Somewhere. And, 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 and I appreciate that so very much and appreciate him for being as, uh, as committed to the work of the Lord. And I appreciate you very fine evangelist Gordon, who is not with us this morning, but he asked me to come and to be here uh, this morning. Happy to be in the first service and then the Bible class and then the second service uh, to be here too. And, and uh, uh, I asked Gordon, I said uh, in, in, in an email, I said I wanted to kind of, uh, kind of mesh what I'm saying with what, what, what has been going on. And he sent me the title or the, the, the block of scriptures that they had been dealing with or he had been dealing with there in the book of Mark chapter 2. Uh, I did that sermon this morning, and I ain't doing it again. So, I, no, I, no, no, it, it, no, it's not, it, it, no, I, I just don't want to hear myself again, to be honest with you. So, so uh, I'm going to do a different message uh, in this second service, and I apologize if it's going to mess up uh, anything for anybody uh, documenting that this is a sermon or uh, recording or whatever it is that you all do, but I, I don't want to hear myself again uh, 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 do the sermon. I, I will tell you that the sermon title was A Better Better. That was the sermon title, and, and, and we dealt with Mark chapter 2 and verses 13 through 17, and, uh, and, and Gordon is going to do the, the next series of uh, lessons on that. Uh, I remember one time there were some people that were here this morning, it might even be some that are here now, from the Huntsville Church over there in Huntsville, and that's where uh, my family and I attended for a long time. And, and we had a, a great preacher, his name was Bob Payne. Bob now is down in Henderson. And Bob did a sermon one time, John, and, and he went to, uh, to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 16, the situation with Shimei. When Shimei came out to David, and, and, and Shimei was throwing rocks at David. He was calling David a bloody man, and he was kicking dust uh, at David. And Bob got up, and he preached a sermon. The sermon was entitled, How to Deal with Difficult People. And I thought that was pretty nice. But, but I took the same verse, and I preached it elsewhere the next Sunday. And my sermon title was not how to deal with difficult people. Mine was how to handle rock slinging, dust kicking, trash talking folk. So, 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 so we'll take what Gordon said and use it a little bit differently than we, uh, 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 than he might uh, handle it. Uh, I want to say to Preston Crest, and I said it this morning and in the corporate worship, 
how much I appreciate Preston Crest. We've had a long, long, long relationship spanning several decades uh, as far as Preston Crest supporting the work that we do, not only supporting it financially, but also with manpower. Anything we've ever asked Preston Crest, Preston Crest has stepped forward and, and done and even exceeded any expectations that we had. Uh, I do want to pause for one second. Uh, after Bible class this morning, a lady came up and she, uh, I was talking to her about my book and and, and I have a book for her. I don't know if she is here right now, but if she is here, if she can please uh, follow me or visit me uh, after the services, then, uh, then I'll, 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 I'll get her the book. Now, uh, John, I have to say this, okay? Uh, right now, I'm still trying to feel out the people, okay? I'm trying, I'm trying to figure y'all out because y'all are going to tell me which sermon I need to do, Okay? <laughs> And, 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 and right now, you don't want the sermon you're telling me to do, all right? So I need you to kind of ease up. I need you to kind of relax. And you're going you're gonna to help me decide which sermon I do in this, uh, in this second service. And, and, uh, but as I was saying, I appreciate the church here so, so, so very much. Uh, I need to relax myself, and I need to just, uh, uh, just calm down a little bit. I'm just too excited. Uh, for being here, and uh, if you don't mind, let's sing one more song. I, I, I got a song that I'll sing with you. You don't have to worry about the words. You don't have to broadcast the words on the screen. The words of the song is, and if you have trouble with the words of this song, do not drive home after service, okay? <laughs> don't drive home after the service. And, and, and the thing that I, that, I, that I tell people, John, is this is that you got to praise God like you want God to hear you praise him. Praising God is not a spectator kind of thing. I guess I'll sit this one out and let everybody else do. Uh, you, you praise God like you're the only person in this assembly, and you want his, him to hear your voice above everybody else's voice. Amen, sing it over, amen. Sing it like you mean it. Yeah. 
I, I, I really needed that to calm myself down. I, I, I'm not just saying that gratuitously, but I, I, I needed to calm myself down and really uh, get myself in the pocket so that I could hopefully say something that might help us all this morning. It's good to be here. My daughter uh, uh, attends this congregation, Ariel, over there to my right. She was sitting next to me, and, and, and so, so happy to have her, happy to have a good, good, good friend of mine that goes back for a long, long, long time, a guy named C.W. Larmore. He doesn't mind me telling you all that I met him when he was in penitentiary years ago, and he reports that when he was on the bird unit, which was the diagnostic unit at the time, he was in his cell, and he was somewhat apprehensive about this, about what comes next. And he said that I stopped by his cell, and I told him, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then I walked on, and he said that that has stuck with him. And he wants me to tell, every everywhere, tell somebody everywhere I go that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. C.W., just raise your hand, let him see who you, that's him right there, and I want you all to, to meet him. So, 30 years out of prison, and in, in the state of Texas, it costs about $16,000 to keep a person locked up in prison, and I think the state of Texas owe me some money. So, 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 amen. I appreciate Gordon so very much, and, and I appreciate the congregation here so very much. And, and, and I'm looking at the clock, and if you give me the benefit of just a few moments of your time today, and I'm hoping that you leave here better people than you were when you came. I'm, I, I really am hoping so. What I do, what I do, and, 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 and I put my whole being into it, because what I want to do is that I want to give, anytime I get up and speak, anytime I utilize the Word of God, my one obsession is to give the people something to live on. I'm not here to waste your time and to try to show you how, uh, 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 how smart I am or how smart I'm not. I'm not here for some kind of scriptural gymnastics and, and all of these things, but there are some people that are hurting. There are some people that are struggling. And you may have come here, you barely made it here this morning. You had so many hardships last week, and you're here for a word from the Lord. You know what is interesting, John? is that preaching is the only thing that you can have hundreds of people that are in one particular place and there are hundreds of different needs, but that one sermon has to attend to the needs of everybody that is here. You don't expect that of the doctor. You go to a doctor and say, well, doc, I got a problem. You know what? I, I have an amputated leg. Well, here's some calamine lotion. Well, Doc, I have a headache, and, and my head is killing me. Here's some calamine lotion. You don't do that. But you know what? The preaching of the gospel, it has to be so explicit. It has to be so perfect that everybody that is here, you got a need, you got a need, you got a need that is different from everybody else, and you got to leave those doors at least saying that something was said that helped me. And that's what the goal is this morning to leave here saying I've been helped, I'm better than I was. I want to use for a, a thought this morning. And the thought is found in two places. 
It is found, first of all, in the book of Numbers chapter 13, and then it is, uh, it is explained further in Numbers chapter 14. A lot of people think that the reason why the children of Israel were made to wander in the wilderness of 40 years was because of something that happened in Exodus chapter 32. That when Moses was up on the mountain getting the commandments from God, that the people are down in the valley in debauchery. They are naked, they are dancing around, and they're just acting the absolute fool. And Moses come down and he breaks the, the tablets that God had given him. And a lot of people think that's the reason why the Jews were made to wander in the wilderness for those 40 years because of that. That was not the reason why they were made to wander in the wilderness. The reason why they were made to wander in the wilderness is found there in the book of Numbers chapter 13. That how it was that God had liberated the Israelites, had freed them from Egyptian bondage. And the Bible says that God had commissioned or told Moses, I want you to choose 12 men to go out and to spy out the land and to bring back an encouraging report. But rather than after 40 days, the people of the 12 men bringing back an encouraging report, they brought back a discouraging report. They said, you know what, while we were in the land, yes, the land is a land that eats up the inhabitants. They had brought back a cluster of grapes that was so impressive that they had to put it on the rod between the shoulders of two men. If there are grapes that big in that place, I want to go. You know, I want to go because I think I can eat on those grapes for a while. Stay with me if you don't mind, thought for thought. And then the people said, those men said, but we saw the giants, the descendants of the Anakims or Anak, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight, and so were we in theirs. And they brought back an evil report, and it discouraged others from going into the land. In chapter 14, God wants to destroy the people, and Moses intercedes for the people and said, don't do it, God, because the Egyptians are going to say that you brought them out into the wilderness for folly. Give them a second chance. God says, okay, I'll give them a second chance, but guess what? Verse number 34. He says that the same number of days they went out to spy the land are the same number of years that they're going to wander in the wilderness. Are you with me so far? You don't have to say amen. Just rub a neck and let me know you know the story. All right. Can you wrap your mind around this? That here it is, that these Israelites that God brought them out. He worked 10 miracles down in Egypt. He separated the Red Sea for them to walk over on dry ground. He fed them manna. And when they got tired of the manna, he gave them quails to eat. And in all of that, that when they were to go into the land, that they did not have enough faith and enough courage to go into the land. After all of this, they can't go into the land. How do you wrap your mind around it? I believe what happened there in this particular situation, that it is somehow, somehow anecdotal to the age in which we live, 2017, 
that here it is, we have so much that is going for us. We have so much at our fingertips. I might be the only person in this building today with, a, with an old school flip phone. There you go. Because when your contract runs out, you go get another and a bigger phone. And instead of having a phone, you got an iPad on your ear. We love these things. We love these things. We don't do without them. The point I'm making is this, ladies and gentlemen, is that after all the Israelites went through, they didn't have what it took to go into the land. I want to use for a thought this morning. And the thought is this. Time wasted, time lost. Time wasted, time lost. How do you, what do you ascribe this whole, how do you describe this situation? How do you put a handle? How do you put some kind of name on that whole situation? The name for that whole situation with these Israelites leaving the land of Egypt, it was time wasted, time lost. How does this work with Preston Crest today? How does it work with this, uh, uh, with this audience of people today? It works this way. That ladies and gentlemen, we don't have as much time as you might think that you do have. And in that we don't have as much time as we think that we do have, Steve, time wasted is time lost. You cannot get it back. Now what happens is this, Gary, is that individuals, they usually paint that uh, situation with the Israelites with a very narrow brush. But you got to paint this whole situation with a wide brush. We look at this thing as only the 40 years. Only the 40 years. But it is more than the 40 years. Deuteronomy chapter 1. The Bible says in about verse number 6 that after 40 years of wandering, after 40 years of wandering, that God had to tell the Israelites, you have gone around this mountain long enough. It's time to go into the land. They had become so acclimated to just going around and around and around that God had to tell them, you've been going around long enough. It is time to get into the land. He had already pronounced to them how long they would wander in the wilderness, 40 years. Now it is time to get into the land. Time wasted is time lost. It is not only the 40 years, brothers and sisters. It is not only the 40 years, those of you who are just curiosity seekers, trying to find your way in life. It is not only. It is 440 years. Because in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is given this great dissertation, that Stephen tells uh, those Sanhedrins that are listening to him, and God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and be entreated evil for 400 years. Wrap your minds around it. It is not 40 years. It is 440 years yet. They don't want to go into the land. What's the problem? Time wasted is time lost. The only thing that is good about a broken watch is that it is correct twice a day. But it's still broken. Time wasted. It's time lost. 
Why is it that God has to put a fire under these Israelites in order to get them to go into the land? What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think, Preston Crest? What do you think, young couples that are here in great numbers today? What do you think? How much time do you think you really have? You don't have as much time as you think you do. And then when we waste the time, time wasted is time lost. Jesus gives us an assortment of parables in the, book of, in, the book of, in the book of Matthew chapter 25. One of the parables that he gave is the parable of the ten virgins. That here it is, they are in this place. I don't know how long they have been in that place. The Bible doesn't. It's a parable. And so it is not known how long they have been in this place. But then the bridal chamber. But then the word comes. The bridegroom is coming. Five of the ten did not have oil for their lamps. And so they go to the five who had oil for their lamps, and they ask the five, give us some of your oil. And the five that had oil for their lamps said, we cannot give you any of our oil lest we not have enough. And they say, go out and buy oil. So they leave the bridal chamber, and when they return, the doors are closed. What happened from the time they went into the chamber until the time the bridegroom came, they were not ready. How would you ascribe that? Time wasted. It's time lost. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some of us that are so old here today that we're too old to chew grease. That's old. There are some of us that are so old here today, I'm talking about myself, not none of you all. Because when I first came to Preston Crest years ago, I had an afro. <laughs> now I got a no-fro, all right? So, <laughs> see, you, 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 the, the difference, the difference in, 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 in with a black person, a black man who loses his hair, it's just gone. Just look like a little milk dud up there. <laughs> but sometimes when some of the white brothers lose their hair, they let it grow way down long in the back and whip it around, got a whole new do. <laughs> On a windy day, they run like this fall in the water to swim like that, you know, so that's just, that's all it is. Folk are just growing old, just growing old. But how much time do you think you have? How much time do you think you have? Time wasted is time lost. The Bible tells us about David. I don't know why it paints David this way, but it paints David primarily in an unflattering way. It really does. You go back and look at it. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 6, David bore seven sons in Hebron. Not chapter 6, but chapter 4. David bore seven sons in Hebron. The next time we hear about David's sons or we hear about David's children is 1 Samuel, chapter 13. And what do you have in 1 Samuel, chapter 13? You got David's son by the name of Amnon. And Amnon has it bad for his half-sister by the name of Tamar. My, my point is, what happened to the time? We first find that he has these sons, and then next thing we know, these are adults. That's just how time goes by. Amnon is in lust after Tamar. He molests Tamar. 
Absalom kills Amnon. What happened to the time? David may have been everybody else's hero, but David was his family's zero. He was too busy trying to be the king that he wasn't the dad. In the book of Solomon, Solomon chapter 1, verse number 6, Solomon says, I am black and comely. He says, the sun looked down upon me. He says, my mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept. You see the phraseology? He doesn't say my brothers and my sisters. He says my mother's children were angry with me. David is perhaps one of the worst fathers in all of the scriptures. Horrible father. You know why David is such a subpar father? Time wasted. It's time lost. You can't get it back. How do we understand this Preston Crest? What do we do with it? And I'm sorry for turning my back to you all. I maybe need to get back up there so I don't turn my back on anybody. But, but, but what do we do with this? We understand that we do not have the time to waste. None of us do. Because time wasted is time lost. Stop looking at this whole situation with the Israelites and going into the promised land as far as a 40-year situation. It's a 440-year situation. They begged God the whole time they were in Egyptian bondage, let us go. God liberates them. Now they don't go into the land because of unbelief. And during the 40-year wandering, they became so acclimated with wandering that God had to tell them, you've gone around this mountain long enough, get up and go into the land. You don't have time to waste anymore. Time wasted, ladies and gentlemen. It's time lost. You ain't getting it back. The Greeks, the Greeks have modeled time as a bald-headed naked runner. And they say that once time goes by, you're not going to catch it. And that's just the way time is. If anybody had to go back in history and interview some of history's greats, if you were to ask them, what would you like most if I could give it to you? You know what they want? More time. More time. A man comes to his final hours. You ask him, what can I do for you? Oh, if I had more time. Time wasted, my brothers and sisters. It's time lost. You're never, ever going to get it back. So what do we do with this challenge this morning? The thing we do is that we don't waste time. We take advantage of time. David says, teach us to number our days so that it might be well with us. The Apostle Paul said it twice, redeeming the time. 
time wasted. It's time lost. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know any one of you. I, I, well, I know some of you, but I don't know many of you. Let me say that. I don't know what your life situation is. I don't know what your hurts are. I don't know what your predicaments are. I don't know what your peculiarities, your idiosyncrasies are. I don't know them at all. You know them, and God knows them too. And you know where you are in your relationship with the Lord. Are you wasting time? Are you putting it off for another time? There was this man one time who he was a young man and, and, and folks were trying to get him to obey the Lord. He said, well, I'll do it when I, when, I, when I get older. So he graduates from high school. He's going to college and the invitation is obey the Lord. Well, okay, well, I'll do it. I got college. I got so much going on. I, I really need to start my career. And so he does. He finishes college. He starts his career. He's working. He has a wife. He has children. Someone says, why don't you obey the law? Well, you know what? I'm working hard, and maybe when I retire, then I'll have enough time to dedicate things to my soul. And then now he retires, and someone comes to him once again and reminds him what he said. Well, you know what? I, I, I've been working all of these years. I need a little time to do some vacationing and to see the world and everything else and, and he rocked on and time went by and now he's 95 years old. He barely can walk, he barely can hear, he can't see and he comes and he comes on a walker and he says, use me Lord. Ain't nothing left, you done used it all up. Time wasted. It's time lost. When we stand before the judgment seat of God, and we must all appear, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of God and give an account of everything that we have done in our body, whether it be good or evil. We're going to have to give an account of our time. Our time. Going to have to give an account of your time. So ladies and gentlemen, we cannot afford to waste another moment. Become serious about your soul, serious about the things that are important and that are lasting, that are enduring. Now, how you look at this message is up to you. You can look at it, you know what, I don't know about it. It just didn't curl my toes. But it doesn't have to curl your toes if it hits your heart. I'm not aiming for your toes. I'm aiming for your hearts. Time wasted. It's time lost. Don't waste another moment. Don't waste another hour. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Time is going to come and it's going to go, going to go by so fast that we're going to ask the question, where did it all go? In the book of Acts chapter 2, there were people that were there from various nations, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Dwellers in Mesopotamia, Prigans, and Philip, Egypt, in the parts of Libya, by Cyrene, Stranger Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, that after Peter had preached the gospel to them, they said, Sirs, what must we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 41, Then they that gladly receive his word were baptized, and the same day. What does it mean, the same day? They weren't wasting any more time. We don't have any more time to waste.
don't have any more time to waste. Time wasted is time lost. 3,000 people were baptized that day into Christ for the remission of the sins. And then after that, they continued in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread, what we did earlier with the communion and in prayer. They met every day because of the urgency of their souls. Time wasted is time lost. And for those of us that have confessed Christ years ago, and we just don't have the fire like we used to have it, come on back home. Don't stay out in the cold. Don't, 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 don't stand a distance from the Lord. Come back home. There is a place for you in the kingdom of Christ. Time wasted is time lost. Young people, you think you may have more time than you do. You don't. You don't. Right now, you're a young woman, and, and here it is. You, you know, you, 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 you gladly brag, you know what? My body is shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle, you know? Yeah, well, after five children and 30 years, your body still will be shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle, but it'll be the two-liter then, so. <laughs> you need to come while you're still Coca-Cola shape, okay? You need to come. Young men, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time at all. And you, you, you know how youthful you are. You jump out the bed, you full sprint. You got wide shoulders and narrow waist. Give it time too. You're going to have a mud slide. It's going to go off from up here to down here. And you're going to look in the mirror and say, Daddy, what you doing here? And it's you. <laughs> time wasted is time lost. What we're going to do in a few moments, we're going to sing a song. And the purpose of singing the song is to encourage somebody to come to the Lord. We're facilitating it. We're making it easier for you to come by standing, by singing the song. And if you don't have the courage to come by yourself, take someone's hand and, and they will come with you. And it may even surprise you parents that you're wringing your hands, wagging your head, sucking your teeth because you're so concerned about your son or daughter. But I guarantee you this morning, give them that look. Then give them the nudge. They might surprise you and give you the nod. They might surprise you, but you'll never know if you don't give them the nudge and help them to come. Heaven is waiting. We're waiting. Why don't you come as together we stand and sing. You can begin coming.